0: La, 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 wait till I give my money right. Hey everybody, what's up? It's your girl T back again with another episode of the Sassy and Saved podcast. Today's episode is very special. We are putting a pause on our cost of the oil series to talk about money. It's about time that we get our finances in check. It's about time that we stop wasting money, that we stop making quick, fast money, and we learn how to make legitimate, authentic, and the right kind of money. I am going into your house today to call you out, but I brought in an expert to help us with everything that we need to know. And so, after today, you are going to be financially literate, whether you like it or not, all right? Okay. So, without further ado, let's talk about it. So today I'm sitting here with Financially Savvy Girl. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm honored to be here. So today I really want us to just talk about money. Um, I think it's an important topic for millennials. I think it's a topic that is not really talked about. We're told as Christian millennials all the time we're taught, especially as women, all about the marriage stuff and the children and right. all of that, but we never talk about money. So I think it's 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 very, very important for us to talk about, to figure out, and I have some questions for you and I have yeah, questions man. from the listeners, so let's get into it. Okay, so Why don't we start with um, just Financially Savvy Girl. What is the vision for it? What is it? Tell us about it.
1: Okay. Um, So Financially Savvy Girl was essentially birthed out of my own experience. You know how you just mentioned how how we don't talk about money. Mm -hmm. Absolutely true. Um, I graduated from uh, law school and I graduated with some debts and I remember seeking help from the bank to try to figure out, you know, how do I pay this off? What's Mm -hmm. the best strategy? And one of the things they actually did was convert my line of credit into a loan. Mm -hmm. And when you become financially literate, you understand that that's a big Mm -hmm. no-no. Because obviously a loan, um, you know, the interest starts actually accruing. From the lump sum, all of it mm-hmm. right away from the get go. Yeah, as opposed to a line of credit, it's a revolving credit, and you're only paying interest uh, to the, uh, with the portion that you actually use, not mm-hmm. the entire uh, amount that's given to you. So that's a huge difference. And um, you know, that was me trying to seek for help, and that's that was essentially the bank's uh, response to to my request. Mm-hmm. So. I realized early on, um, I was about like maybe 23, 24, I realized early on that clearly they weren't there to help me out, Mm -hmm. so I had to try to figure things out for myself, I was making money, here I was making like for, you know, six figures, but... Mm -hmm. Felt like I was living paycheck to paycheck because I had all these debts. Mm -hmm. Um, So at some point in time, I had to decide, you know what? I need to change things around. Yeah. I need to figure this out. Uh, This is completely unhealthy. And in addition to just having debt, I just felt like I was completely illiterate financially. Mm -hmm. You know, here I was educated by completely financially (laughs) illiterate. Mm -hmm. So I had to just like make peace with that and admit it to myself. Um, and make a decision no longer to live paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. So really, you know, invest in my financial education. Yeah. Um, cause I had no background, I guess I should start by saying that as well. I mm-hmm. had absolutely no background in finance whatsoever. Safe and except from working early on in my career as a lawyer in business law and commercial litigation. Mm -hmm. But aside from that, no actual tangible background that I could, you know, transfer into my own personal finance so that I can have the knowledge that's needed. Mm -hmm. So Financially Savvy Girl is birthed out of me taking on this journey um, of um, investing in Mm -hmm. myself, investing in changing my mindset about finance, investing in absorbing everything that mm-hmm. one can possibly absorb when it comes to learning about your personal finance and completely having a, a shift of mindset, mm-hmm. uh, admitting to yourself that, you know what, I don't have a healthy relationship with money. Mm-hmm. You know, so I need to change that around. Mm-hmm. So um, after I did all of that and after I changed my faith, um, I realized that, you know what, there may be people out there who mm-hmm are living what I lived in the past. Yeah. And there I was uh, with over $80,000 worth of uh, school debt. Mm-hmm. Having as well credit card debt, I had about 7000 mm-hmm. And then having a car as well. And so I had about, in total, just a little over $100,000 debt. That's a lot. Of
0: that's money. a lot of money. Yeah, that's <laughs> have, that's a number.
1: <laughs> you know, I can't even say money. That's a lot of uh, liability <laughs> to have. Uh, in your twenties. right? Yeah. So I had to essentially buckle up and, uh, decide to change things around. Mm-hmm. And today I'm so happy to say that I don't have any of that.
0: Amen. You know? Woo. So
1: this is why, um, post all this, I've started financially savvy so mm-hmm. that hopefully the lessons that I would have wanted to teach to what, well, that I would have wanted to know, mm-hmm. um, in my early 20s That I was so desperately longing for And found, found absolutely no mentor mm-hmm. Or you know, anyone who can really walk me through it I'm hoping to change that around for millennials I'm mm-hmm. hoping to change that around for my little sisters My brothers mm-hmm. uh, And everyone really in my family Because I just don't believe In uh, continuing uh, a generation of poverty mindset mm-hmm. So that's it
0: Wow, that's amazing. Well, thank you for this because it's needed, like you said. I feel like like even now, so many young women, men included, people, just students, going into school, you go in with all these hopes and aspirations, right. and you have all these dreams about, and plans for coming out of school, and then you come out of school and they're like, hey, you like, woo, debt. And honestly, they started calling me to pay off my debts, and I'm stressed. <laughs> so <laughs> things like these are very important because I can't. Like, I'd just be sitting there like, why did I go to school? Like, it wasn't by force because of debts so I I think that it's really really important and even for young women I feel like it's a very important conversation to have just because you know how it is growing up all women are just like oh I need to find me a rich man I need a rich husband that could pay me pay my bills that could take care of me that could buy me all the things that I want the shoes the bag the car all of that so to see you as a woman actually being that rich wife, not necessarily waiting on a rich husband, that is very, very important. And I want to talk about that a little bit. I don't know if that's how it was in your generation, but in this generation, it's all about, oh, let me find me a rich man. So how did you, I know you said you went through it personally, but how did you sort of switch over from, okay, this is not about, let me find me a rich man, but let me actually be this person, like, how did you actually? Because it's so easy to say, Yeah, I want to be a boss, I want to have my own right. money, but then it's actually, it's one thing to say it, but to actually be it. So, how did you like make the step? What was the first step?
1: That's a really good question. Um, you know, I live with the philosophy, you know, I've always said, when it comes to a man, um, I don't need you to finance me, I can finance myself. Mm-hmm. I need your love, respect. And loyalty mm-hmm. and I need you to be a man of integrity so I've always grown up with that kind of mindset mm. I was never into um, finding me a man who had it mm-hmm. all and in that way I'm gonna have it all I was always about I'm gonna have it all mm. right so I think I already had that mindset to begin with yeah uh, which I think helps a lot but you know even if you grew up thinking you know what i can find me a man Mm -hmm. i mean we're living in an era where like it's all about women empowerment yeah we need to shift that (laughs) real quick in the sense that you know i'm not saying you know having a man who has it all or wanting a man who has it and Mm -hmm. his affairs in order because i married a man who had his affairs in order Mm -hmm. right so i'm not saying it's wrong to have that mentality but i'm saying that you're cutting yourself short Mm -hmm. or you're selling yourself short if that is the only way as a woman today in this era, you think that you can actually make it Mm -hmm. right. You should be striving to have your own. Um, you know, there's nothing, I think more endearing to a man than being with a woman because he wants to, you know, because she wants to be with him, Mm -hmm. not because she necessarily needs Needs to be with him. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think when you're a woman, you come, um, Full package. Yeah, you know, like don't just look for him to have it. Mm -hmm. You have to come full package. Yeah, and when you come full package, not only are you more selective Mm -hmm. in the men that are put in front of you, Mm -hmm. but you also know your worth. You also know that you bring something on the table, and no one's gonna look at you sideways like you know you have arrived Mm -hmm. because of the name of marriage. Exactly, I think that's really. Heat in this
0: era. that is a good point because I always say like I tell my friends all the time I don't want anyone to ever be able to say oh she just came I up because that. of this yeah. man like that is so disrespectful right. like and also I really like what you said about being selective because it's so easy to just chase or or want someone just because right. of what they have but when you have it yeah. it's like I don't play hard to get I am hard to get oh, I, to <laughs> I am hard to get so like, you better know who you're pursuing I love that. I and love it's not that. Not
1: like in a conceited type of way. I think mm-hmm. it's just in a knowing your worth, mm-hmm. and when you know your worth, you don't fall for everything. Mm-hmm. You know those the sweet tongue, the you know all these uh, promises. That yeah, like you don't fall for these. things. Mm-hmm. You can see through that. Yeah. So I think that's the importance
0: i love it i love it so let's get into the money stuff so for the beginners like somebody who is brand new and knows nothing about money what are like your tips what are the must knows what is money cautious what does that even mean what is financial literacy how let's let's dive in to what money is
1: so i would say uh for me i mean financial freedom um can be defined differently for different people. For some people, it's just being um, Mm secured, you know, being able to do what they want to do. That's how they define financial freedoms. For some people, it's, um, you know, having the ability to, um, you know, plan for the future, Mm -hmm. and not worry about that. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, financial freedom is really just having the freedom of choice. Mm Uh, where, you know, if you're doing what you're doing, let's say in your career or in your business as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. you're doing it because you're loving it. And mm-hmm. uh, You get to a point where um, it's not that you have to do it, you know. You're doing it because you're loving it. And also just having a freedom of having a diversified uh, streams of income mm. where I've always um, loved the idea of making money mm-hmm. when I when i sleep yeah I used to be like i want to make money when i sleep because <laughs> i'm like listen Honestly. i work too hard like I've been working hard because i was like 14 years old mm-hmm. you know so i'm like no at this point i just want to make money when i sleep and it's one thing dreaming it but when it actually starts happening mm-hmm. as it is i'm just like this is actually like really legit like it's actually easy to make money when you sleep wow you for me financial freedom is when your money works harder than you. Mm-hmm. Uh, financial freedom uh, for my family, what it represents in our household is uh, building an empire mm-hmm. for my family, making sure that, uh, you know, I'm positioning, we're positioning ourselves and positioning myself where we are creating uh, wealth for generations mm-hmm. to come, uh, having the freedom you know at 40 I'm 34 at 40 if I decide you know what it's time to retire I Mm -hmm. can do that if I decide I only want to work you know three months or six months a year Mm -hmm. I can do that yeah also have the freedom to work wherever I want to Work. If I want to work on vacations for my laptop, I can do that. Mm-hmm. So it's just the freedom to have the choice, yeah. The freedom to no longer borrow the life that you want, but to actually live that. Live life, it. To wow. To no longer feel like you have to keep up. That's deep. You know, you're not the Joneses are no longer a factor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're living life on your own terms, and you're making some wise decisions that are biblical. Mm-hmm. To be honest. Wow! Know? Wow! Being wow. a land, you're not a
0: bore, Yeah. You know.
1: Uh, Steward with your
0: money, Mm -hmm. uh, being
1: um, someone who uh, takes you know keeps their house uh, affairs in order. Mm -hmm. So all those things for me is is the freedom that comes with uh, being um, financially literate. Mm -hmm. And financial literacy means that you actually not just know about money, but you know how to uh, create wealth. I think that's an important part of uh, financial literacy.
0: Wow that's powerful so how do we as Millennials get there Cause okay. there's so much stuff that goes into money there's investments and 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 trades and this and that and real estate and owning and all of this how do you get to a place where okay I've decided that this is the life I want to live I want to be financial liter- literate I want to have financial freedom I want to build a legacy how do I get from here to there
1: okay that's a really good question how do you get there? I think um, you first um, decide to change your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as a man, think it so easy. Yeah, you know, uh, millennials are in a very—I call it like a precarious <laughs> situation nowadays. You know, everything is so easily accessible mm-hmm. on one end um, as a consumer. Yeah, which is risky. Mm-hmm. right because i mean just looking at technology you know we're talking about now with your debit or your credit yeah you can simply just tap tap, yeah i mean <laughs> that's, that's one of the biggest money grab gimmick i've, mm-hmm. I've ever heard of. yeah but it's actually very powerful <laughs> you know you're not even thinking about mm-hmm. you know they, they talk about you know you you purchase something and they're like you know, it's two hundred dollar, and you just like tap, tap. Or maybe two hundred is excessive. <laughs> I think you tap, over, you don't tap over hundred, but it's just easy for you to tap. yeah, That's just point, tap, right. And you don't even think about it before. You used to have to like take out the, the cash, money, see it count, coming
0: out of your it. hand, like right. whoa,
1: missing it, giving it. To <laughs> like I literally have to give you the money. Has to
0: in my
1: hand. You have to take it.
0: That's when you're and, like, oh, can you just take that one out? Can you right, take that one yeah. out so you can reduce it?
1: But you don't have that anymore because what what happens is, look at the transaction. So you wanna purchase something, mm-hmm. you give your card, mm-hmm. you don't you barely even give it, it doesn't even leave your hand, mm-hmm. you tap, and then they give you the, the your, your merchandise. Mm-hmm. You still have your card in hand, you have the merchandise. So from a, an emotional standpoint, you're not really registering, it. yeah. You just
0: gave gave
1: and spent mm-hmm. and you don't think about it. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's something to be said when money actually leaves your hand, mm-hmm. so, um, so on that fence, it's not easy mm-hmm. being a uh, millennial and you have Uber and
0: all those know, things. What's that other
1: thing where you, I don't know, you order food and it just shows up. Skip the dishes. the dishes. Oh, they stole all my, my money last so year, easily, right? <laughs> it's so easily accessible, so you have to be careful as a as a millennial. So Mm -hmm. you have to have a proper mindset when Mm it comes to finance. You have to ask yourself, you know, um, where do I see myself in five years? Yeah. What am I doing? And financially, where am I in five years? Where am I in 10 years? Mm -hmm. And then when you set up those plans, you work towards those plans. Okay. So it's a shift of your mindset. I say that, you know, um, if so far you haven't been good with money, you need to stop the denial. Mm-hmm. You know, you just got to tell yourself, you know what? I acknowledge that I'm financially illiterate. Yeah. You just have to tell yourself um, that my situation needs to change. I have all these debt that it needs to be paid. Mm-hmm. You got to remind yourself the why. And if you look at the steps that you should be doing uh, in your 20s, there's no better time for you to invest in yourself. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, it's the best time. You, mm-hmm. you know, let's say that you don't have um, a mortgage yet. You don't have children. You're not married yet. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> honestly, it's your prime financial year. <laughs> so it's kind of a trade-off. <laughs> yeah. Right, where you don't have all of those, uh, but you are not necessarily making the money, the income that you would be making in your 30s or 40s. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, Um focus on uh, investing in yourself investing mm-hmm. in your financial ability, investing mm-hmm. like read books, there's so much knowledge yeah. to, to learn in, in books and podcasts and you know like now there's like audiobooks, there's mm-hmm. so much knowledge to learn on finance now so I would say my best advice if you're in your 20s or a millennial, you're starting out is to, to live one below your means mm-hmm. that's key and key is below your means not like above or <laughs> within you know i think sometimes people think li- you have to live within your means. means no if you want to build wealth you should be living, living below, below your, your means, means. Wow. so if you're making three thousand three thousand dollars per month mm-hmm. your expenses should be 70 percent or less of that mm. right um And uh, I would also say invest, invest, invest. Invest in your financial knowledge and in your assets. Mm -hmm. So financial knowledge, books and and whatnot, and also assets. Just start investing your money. Uh, If you start investing at such a young age, 10 years, 20 years from now, Mm -hmm. you are accumulating throughout these years compound interest, Mm -hmm. right? So there's something great to be said about compound interest. That's when, you know, your money is making money so the interest and you're reinvesting that interest Mm -hmm. so you're uh benefiting from the compound aspect Mm -hmm. of your interest and it makes a huge difference in long-term investments Mm -hmm. um i would also say uh make sure that you pay yourself first um so when you get your paycheck Mm -hmm. everyone else has paid themselves first everyone i mean you know those uh, partners that you don't even know that you have yeah. when you make your income call the government <laughs> you know there's usually two of them like the federal and the provincial government Yeah, themselves before you even see Pay, right? Just like, take out the you tax. You know that they were your business partners, <laughs> right? You know? I cannot. As an employee, they're like, yeah. By the way, I am working with you, and I am earning with you. And not only that, I'm going to pay myself before
0: you, you even you get your pay. Money. I cannot.
1: So, uh, so they've managed to pay themselves. Your union, if you're part of, you mm-hmm. know, if you have a union. Your union fees. They've paid themselves the mm-hmm. insurance. You know. If you have uh, insurance through your work, they also pay themselves before you get your paycheck. So right. by the time you get your net pay, uh, which is after all, you know, not your gross, not what your it's said that you make on on paper, paper, but your net is actually what you take home. By the mm-hmm. time you get that, all these people have paid themselves first. So yeah. it's really important for you to, to also get into pay the habit first. to pay yourself mm-hmm. first before you pay bills, mm-hmm. before you pay. Those other creditors who haven't taken your money, but you know that you, you have to give them money them to like take your money, like you know, your cell phone bill and all those, your car. Yeah, bills. so before you pay them, pay yourself first. So, uh, how do you do that? You, uh, the formula that I love to employ is you know, you budget with 70% of your net pay, mm-hmm. the remaining 30% of each and every pay. so when you get paid bi-weekly let's say the remaining not remaining we'll start with the first 30 because you're paying yourself first, first right? yeah so the first 30 percent should be 10 percent going towards your tithes you can be rubbing god of course actually you know that's actually really where your wealth really comes there's something powerful about releasing mm-hmm. from your hands um as you release more is entrusted upon you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just the law of reciprocity. That's just how it works. And uh, so you you know you pay your tithes ten percent. Mm-hmm. Another ten percent goes into your savings. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you talk about savings, you're thinking short term. And I don't mean like tomorrow you need the money. I mean like you know. Uh, a year, two years, three years from now, mm-hmm. let's say you're planning on buying a car instead of just going out there and buying it, mm. or and financing it. Why don't you save up for it mm-hmm. instead of uh, you know you're planning on buying a house or getting married mm-hmm. or whatever it may be, but actually start being intentional, you know intentional and making tangible efforts yeah. to save up for that. So savings. Think short term, okay. You know, one to three years. Uh, so you put ten percent into savings, right? And then another ten percent into investment. And for your investment, always think long term. Long term, you know, like you're literally forgetting about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's really to finance your financial freedom. That's mm-hmm. really to finance your future. Uh, So those are your first 30% 30%. and the remaining 70% is what you budget with. Uh, What's important when it comes to your budget is um, that you actually budget. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't just let your money do what it needs to do. Uh, You actually assign a task to every dollar that you're making. So Mm -hmm. that 70% you need to assign a task. Okay, so this amount will go towards you know, my car payment, mm-hmm. or this amount will go towards uh, paying off my uh, student loans. Mm-hmm. This amount will go towards this, and that amount will go towards that. So it's important for you to assign a task to that. Um, so that would be my third uh, recommendation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, my fourth, rather, right? Pay mm-hmm. yourself first and automate it. By automating, I mean, don't just let it land into your, your account and sit there and hope that you're just going to, you know, eventually get to it when you can. Mm-hmm. Like automate it mm-hmm. in the sense that already have a tax-free savings account, TFSA, mm-hmm. set in place for your, let's say, for your savings account. Yeah. And then already have an RSB set aside for your, um, let's say, for your investment. Personally, when it comes to investment, I love tax-free savings account. Mm-hmm. I benefit from, I do have RSB, which... I think you should have both an RSP and a tax-free savings account. Tax-free mm-hmm. savings account. Any money that you um, make from it, you know, any profit that you make from it, uh, you don't pay taxes from it. Mm. Uh, you don't pay tax even when you withdraw from uh, your tax-free savings account, which is key, and that's a big difference with your RSP. In your RSP, you're benefiting from deduction mm-hmm. when. Tax deduction when you put the money in. Mm-hmm. So let's say that you're you get paid and taxed at a high bra- uh, bracket. Then if you contribute in your RSP and you have charitable donation, that really helps in terms of your your, uh, your returns when you file your taxes. But the problem with your RSP when you actually withdraw money from it, mm-hmm. you get taxed, and uh, that's the huge difference your between. Tax residence okay. So you want to have money okay um and there's limits to it you know you can have up to five thousand five hundred per year but if if you haven't contributed since it started in 2009 then you can contribute to date up to like fifty six thousand dollars so there's a lot of room Mm -hmm. Um, and you can contribute further five thousand every year after that so uh, there's a lot of room for you to put money in there because you're benefiting Mm -hmm. from you know essentially Gaining money and not paying taxes, yeah. um, Withdrawing, and you can—it's accessible to you. You can withdraw at Mm -hmm. any point, so that's important. So, open a tax-free savings account. Open a tax-free savings. Open an RFP account. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing that I would say in your, uh, as a millennial, as you're starting out, uh, you need to learn about your credit score. Mm. You need to. Uh, Get into the habit of getting your free credit report every year, which you get from um, Equifax and you can get from TransUnion as well, which are the two big credit unions Mm -hmm. uh, that we do, credit bureaus rather, that we do have here in Canada. Uh, So get to know what your score is, Mm -hmm. because I call it the informant that's Mm -hmm. essentially telling Uh, about your relationship with money and your relationship with debt. So it's important to get to know what it is and to get on top of it. Mm -hmm. You know, a financially savvy girl would teach you ways to, you know, how to increase your credit score Mm -hmm. and how to pay off your debt. So there's all that resources available there.
0: Wow. Amazing. Well, thank you for this information. So we have a few questions from some of the listeners of the Sassy and Save podcast. I asked some questions on my Instagram page. Today, just wanting to know, getting people's heads, wanting to know what they knew about money, what they didn't know about money. Mm -hmm. And so we can go through those and answer their questions so we can all, you know, start on our financial literacy. So. Okay, so um, one listener asked, she said she's in her senior year of high school, and she wants to know how can she prevent debt and how she can prepare as she goes into post-secondary education.
1: That's a really good question to ask at that stage, and mm-hmm. I'm really happy to hear that she's even considering and thinking about this already at her age. Um, so I'm assuming from that question that she's interested in going into some type of post-secondary, uh, postgraduate education yeah Uh, so i would say you know there's a lot of resources like free money i call it Mm -hmm. uh, scholarships and grants that are available that unfortunately people don't really dive into right it's so important i was a huge um uh beneficiary for Mm -hmm. lack of a better word of scholarships for my undergrad and it helped me so much Mm -hmm. you know i remember my first year of undergrad i had over $13,000 worth of scholarships Wow, money, right? So if you have good grades, uh, look for those scholarships. Mm -hmm. There's so many. There's the Black Canadian Scholarship Fund. There's the Harry Jerome Scholarship. There's Mm -hmm. uh, the Scholarship of Excellence. There's so many scholarships. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember back then, all of those were in place, and I'm sure there's even, even more now and you know at TLC there's also the scholarship right exactly. so the TLC scholarship fund so look for scholarships because essentially it's an opportunity for you to finance your school without mm-hmm. having to borrow money
0: exactly you know
1: not everyone is fortunate enough to have had parents who either were able to or uh, had the foresight to save money mm-hmm. for their children's education yeah so, um, Completely mindful of that, so it's it's a it's a hustle mm-hmm. out there, right? So you need to be a good hustler. Being a good hustler for your uh, education mm-hmm. is essentially to find those resources where you can uh, get money. Uh, promoting essentially above everything mm. your academic excellence. So right. Go for it if you have good grades. Uh, there's also bursary. So big difference between scholarship and bursary. A scholarship deals with your academic excellence and a bursary deals with your financial needs Uh so if you know you are you come from a low income Uh or your your parents obviously come from a low income then you would probably qualify for For some of the bursaries so Uh look for what are those bursaries in place before you look for the loan Uh look for the scholarship that will mitigate amount of loan that you you have to take Mm -hmm. right Uh, so i think that's really important also if you can save up do that Mm -hmm. you know there's certain costs uh that i think if as young people we were just more um aware um we could probably take care of those costs On our own and not rely on OSAP. Yeah. The problem with OSAP, you get OSAP, you get all this money, Mm -hmm. and you're thinking, okay, well, I'm gonna pay my tuition, I'm gonna feed myself with it, Mm -hmm. um, I'm gonna pay for my books. You're essentially relying on it for everything. Yeah. And that's a big mistake because you're gonna have to pay it all All back and then some. (laughs) That and then some is interest, right? So. Um, if you have a part-time job and you can pay for, let's say, uh, your books, mm-hmm. do that. Um, you know, try not to, as much as you can, try not to um, use your OSAP to buy food. Mm-hmm. You know, like have a, have a part-time job. Yeah, I know it's not easy to juggle school and um, work. work at the same time. Yeah. But if you can manage to juggle... Parting <laughs> and school, you can manage. Maybe you can substitute some of that parting to have a part time job that helps you, um, you know, earn some income mm-hmm. so that you can have less debt to deal with after right. the fact. Always think what would my 25 year old self be? Mm-hmm. At 19, you're thinking about your 25 year old self. Exactly. And you, you're doing her or him a favor right at 25 you're thinking about your 30 year old self what is she like what is he like mm-hmm. and you're doing things intentionally for, for her that. So, so always have yourself your future self in mind mm-hmm. as you're making decisions in life because the decisions that you make you know early on in your life in your 20s as well do impact the rest of your life right you have more room to make mistakes so um, you know, you can recover from those mistakes, mm-hmm. but there's certain mistakes that you don't need to recover for. That's right. From, and financial mistakes are the mistakes that will probably be the most costly for you mm-hmm. in your 20s. And you don't want to have to deal with them in your 30s or in your 40s. Right.
0: Wonderful. Another young lady asked, Where do I start? <laughs> she, she just said, Where does she start with the money thing? But I think we sort of answered that um, previously. So budget. budget. Budget.
1: Download the app every dollar mm-hmm. and budget. Mm-hmm. So you start by having an income, mm-hmm. budgeting your money. Yeah. Investing. Even if you're investing $10 per paycheck, mm-hmm. do invest.
0: That's still something.
1: Invest invest, open a tax-free savings account mm-hmm. if you're 18 years old and older and you are at least, uh, you have at least a permanent resident uh, status in Canada, then mm-hmm. you would qualify. Open one and just put money inside and then, you know, contact us as Financially Savvy Girl. Exactly, and, we'll you and you can where go. Where to invest that Go money from or there. Try to, I can only tell you what works for me. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I cannot give you you know financial advice Mm -hmm. or anything like that but i can tell you hey this is what i invest in and Mm -hmm. this is what works Mm -hmm. and you need to figure out what works for you Mm -hmm. Uh, but at least you won't be stranded without some type of guidance Mm -hmm. and with the bank converting your line of
0: credit into a loan still (laughs) not over (laughs) somebody else asked how can i save as a student
1: um a lot of it is what we've said already, right? I. Uh, one of the mistakes that we make as students is we believe that you know I'll deal with that later.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, as a student, are you working?
0: Mm-hmm. If you
1: are, then s- use that formula. Mm-hmm. You know, ten percent high, ten percent um, savings, and ten percent investment. Investing. Yeah and budget with 70%. To mm-hmm. be perfectly honest with you, like if you don't have children, you're not married, you don't have a mortgage to deal with, mm-hmm. I think that formula should be even more aggressive yeah. towards the paying yourself first. It should you should be able to budget your expenses with less than 7%, 7 right? So if you can put more into investing in yourself mm-hmm. than investing in paying your creditors. Right, I always say that your hard-earned money, uh, your income mm-hmm. is meant to invest in yourself yeah it's not meant to invest in your creditors like, yeah it's income is supposed to come to you it's yeah. not supposed to be an outcome right helps, <laughs> like, you know like a revolving door yeah like living paycheck to paycheck that, mm-hmm. that is not what life is supposed to be un- unfortunately because we don't have financial conversations enough mm-hmm. people don't feel comfortable seeking help or don't know where to go to mm-hmm. or we don't really discuss this in certain communities and m- money supposed to be taboo you, mm-hmm. you live with your dad right and, unfortunately because of that people don't realize this mm-hmm. like you can live a life free of debt like honestly mm-hmm. it's possible it's possible and when you start living a life free of debt your money starts working for you the right. difference between making six figures living paycheck to paycheck and making six figures not living paycheck to paycheck is your debt right mm-hmm. wow. financial literacy that's
0: true That's very, very true. And I think also just adding to that, just like as saving as a student, I know because I am a student that when money hits my account my taste buds get bougie right and all of a sudden i don't want to cook anymore i want to be eating out every single day of the week or i want to be ordering some new outfits when my clothes fit me just fine so i think even just adding on to what you've said the budget is really important because i did mine today yeah and i realized how much money i actually have i was like whoa who's making this not me because like i don't see the money but when i put it down i was like wow this is all the free money i have at the end of the month so where does it go And I realized just that. I'm spending too much money just living life. So, I think it's Um, in
1: Proverbs 21, mm verse 5. It says, the plans of the uh, diligent leads surely to plenty. Mm -hmm. But those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the New King James Version. And the NIV Version says, you know, instead of uh, plenty, it says it leads to profit. Mm -hmm. Uh, so the plans of the diligent leads to, to profit. profit, and the uh, AMP version says abundance, advantage, right? So all that to say that planning, mm-hmm. budgeting is essentially you creating a blueprint for your money. Mm-hmm. You know the same way that um, when you go buy a house, you have a floor plan. Yeah, you look at. it's your floor plan for mm-hmm. your money. It's the blueprint, it's what you want your money to do for you. Mm-hmm. You're signing, uh, you're, you're telling your money what to do as opposed to you continuously being told by your money, money. what it did for you in the past sense because mm-hmm. you usually realize that once you're broke. yeah, the like vicious cycle, mm-hmm. right? So when you plan, when you budget, mm-hmm. you get to see exactly what you said. Yeah. You get to see, hey, you know what? I actually make money. Mm-hmm. So where's it going? Because it's not about how much you make. It's about how much you, <laughs> you keep. So where's it going? Right? Yeah. So I make money, but wait, oh my God, I listed all these expenses. Mm-hmm. I have all these expenses. Like this is where all my money's going. Mm-hmm. And then you start thinking a little bit closer as to what are some of these expenses? Your expenses should be like three categories. Mm-hmm. The need, you know, you got to pay your rent. You, that's that's a need there's given a way
0: around
1: yeah it. uh there's the the, the want mm-hmm. and the excess right i think i just made that up right? <laughs> so three categories the need <laughs> the want is stuff like you know groceries mm-hmm. the excess is stuff like you know all those online purchases that you're, bundles you're talking
0: about, you're boohoo fashion nova <laughs>
1: you don't you don't have to change. You know your hair that often Mm -hmm. that's that's all in the excess yeah right so have those three categories and those two latter categories the want and the need Mm -hmm. those are parts where you can cut a lot from your budget right because when you decide you know what my money has an assignment Mm -hmm. it's easier for you to look back at some of those wants and excess Mm -hmm. and be like I'm sorry you are in contravention of my assignment. You need to be evicted for now. There's no room for you. So do that and all the stuff, extra stuff that we buy, like Mm -hmm. Starbucks, you know, your coffee. If you you have it every day, you can cut, you know.
0: You don't need coffee every day. day. And when
1: you add it up, people are like, oh, it's only $5. Mm -hmm. But you need to literally start doing the math. Mm -hmm. Add it up. Five. you know, you do it every day of the week. Five times five, mm-hmm. okay. Per month, how much is it costing me? Per year, how much is it costing coffee, me? Yeah. That's when you realize, you know what? If I put this money somewhere else, mm-hmm. I would be, if that money goes into my investment, hey, yeah, I'm going to have X, Y amount in my investment account Bad at end the end of the year, year. And that's just because I sacrifice coffee. having coffee outside of the house. Mm-hmm. I can make coffee at home, exactly right? Stuff like
0: that. Right. Uh, Somebody else asked, how do I improve my credit score? So how do I start by improving my credit score? Do I just pay all my bills or?
1: Credit score, when it comes to your credit score, there's an actual formula Mm -hmm. uh, for your credit score and uh, you need to be aware of it, right? So your credit score um, has uh, factors. Mm -hmm. And um, first, the best decision that you can make is to first learn what is your credit score, Mm -hmm. right? So a lot of people don't actually know what what their credit score is. Um, So find out what your credit score is, number one. Um, After you find out what it is, um, find out what are the factors that affect your credit score. So uh, what is a credit score? It's essentially three digital uh, number that tells uh, speaks of your credit worthiness, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it's a it ranges from 300 up to 900. Mm-hmm. The greater the number, the more credit worthy you, you are. are. Um, so that's really important. Uh, the higher the score, the better you are regarded by lenders, mm-hmm. by the insurance, by employers, because some employers actually do check
0: your credit oh wow i didn't know that Yeah,
1: some employers actually do (laughs) and it affects a lot of areas of your life you Mm -hmm. know like when you apply for a loan a line of credit a Mm -hmm. credit card a mortgage Mm -hmm. when you apply for a lease Mm -hmm. if you're like as a a landlord they check for those things Mm -hmm. because they want to be able to know hey can i trust this This person person? to pay their their rent on time right um so it affects, uh, and even your insurance companies, they mm-hmm. actually check so they can determine what's the rate that they will give you certain insurances. So wow. it affects a lot of areas of your life. Um, so it's important to, uh, to know that. Um, so what are the things that you should look at? So after you uh, get your credit score, um, know... You know what category do you fall on uh, mm-hmm. at that very moment so we know that a bad score what's considered a bad score if it's if it's uh, 550 or below score mm-hmm. that's considered bad and you know it's important to know where you're checking by mm-hmm. the way like Equifax and TransUnion those are the um, major credit bureaus, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of people have tendency to check their credit score on uh, Credit Karma or Borowell, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. And it's a different scoring system that they use. So those scores are usually um, higher, like a good 30, 40 uh, points higher than your actual score score at Equifax or TransUnion. Mm -hmm. Because they use they use a completely different formula. Mm-hmm. So credit um, Equifax and uh, and TransUnion, they use what it's called the FICO score. Mm-hmm. That's the calculation that they use. And that is what is used. Um, that is what's actually looked at when you go buy a house. Mm-hmm. Or, that's the real score. Mm-hmm. That's your real score. So you need to factor that. So it's good to keep track of um your credit through credit karma or you know nowadays like the bank mm-hmm. so the bank they're essentially what you get from the bank you know when you do your online banking some of them show your score mm-hmm. it's not necessarily your trans union or uh, equifax uh, score. score so it's still important for you to request your report once a year which is free mm-hmm. both equifax and transunion they send you a free report once a year so you can request it every single year okay. so keep track with credit karma you know so you can keep track of your spending yeah and see if the trend of your score is going up in any event
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh but still order your free one uh with those main sources so you actually know your real score so what are the categories? So, 550 or below score, that's considered bad credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, 500 to 649, that's considered poor. Uh, a fair score, where you know a lot of banks start looking at you without you necessarily needing uh, a B lenders for um, for certain things like a mortgage and whatnot, is usually a score starting at 650 to 699. Mm-hmm. That's considered fair um and uh so you would most likely be qualified for like a lot of credit Mm and credit card and mortgage uh but your interest rate will not be as great as someone with a higher score Score. a higher score of 700 to 740 that's considered a good score Mm -hmm. and an excellent score is 750 and above so your aim is to increase your score and uh be part of uh, those higher category Mm -hmm. and I can't stress this enough. That's an aim to increase your score just so that you can clean up the, your credit reputation. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people tend to increase their score and then they fall back into debt. Mm. You know, you increase your score by paying and I'll kind of talk a little bit about what are the things to help you increase your score, but people pay, Their debt, and then they fall back into the trap of living, you know, uh, above and beyond Mm -hmm. their means, and they borrow all this money, and Mm -hmm. then they fall back into like this. You know, I call it the rat race, Mm -hmm. the financial rat race. Yeah. So uh, it's important to uh, Mm -hmm. keep in mind that your aim is to have a debt-free life, Mm -hmm. not to necessarily increase your credit Credit score. score. So as you are doing those things, Mm -hmm. you know. To live intentionally a debt-free life, your score will increase, mm. but don't use that as an opportunity to That's fall right. back into the right race. Right. So what are those things that uh, uh, impacts and how can can you actually increase your score?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so you need to know that one of uh, the things, it's your credit utilization. Okay. Uh, so your credit u- utilization is how much are you usually, are you using? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's important. That's, uh, that's a, that's the ratio that's 30%. It actually accounts for 30% of your credit score. Oh, wow. It's a credit utilization ratio. The amount of credit you've been using compared to the credit you have, have left. Right. So let's say you have a $5,000 credit card.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, if, you are almost maxing your credit card. This is why they say don't max your, your card mm-hmm. because people don't realize 30% of your score is Coming about how much you actually use. Mm-hmm. Like, So the the rule of thumb is usually if let's say you have a credit card of $5,000, you want to keep your balance at 25 to 30% of your credit limit. Okay. So don't go above that. Mm -hmm. Um, Or if you do, you know, pay it up so that you can go back below that. It's important because it is greatly impacting your credit score. Mm -hmm. So that's your credit utilization ratio. Um, So that's the second. Thing that impacts the most the first thing that impacts the most is your payment history mm-hmm. that's 35% so that's kind of what she was asking there do I just pay it mm-hmm. so that's important your payment history is key um, this is where you know you look at your bills you pay them on time and you pay them in full mm-hmm. uh, so that's important and when it comes to your credit your credit cards because that actually impacts your credit score a lot. Mm, um, credit cards. So your credit cards, yeah. yeah. It impacts your credit score a lot. Um, so you wanna make sure that if you can, use your credit cards, but use it for something that you know you can pay off. Mm-hmm. You know, let's say if you have a car, you use it for gas. So you use it to kinda help you rebuild your, your credit. credit but you're not using it for expenses. Like, don't use a credit card like it was a debit card. Mm. I say even worse, don't use a credit card like it was a gift card. Mm -hmm. You know, like, people are just, like, swiping that card left and right, but it's actually costly for you. Mm -hmm. Um, So your payment history, 35% to recap. Your credit utilization ratio accounts for 30%, and then there's also the length of history. That accounts for 15%. Mm -hmm. So how long have you held uh, let's say this card. Right. So, I would say the goal is pay off your credit card,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but don't necessarily close it. Uh, and a way that you can discipline yourself is remove it from your online, you know, from your phone, so that you're not uh, tempted to online shop. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you know,
1: hey, freeze, freeze that card. Like honestly, <laughs> take that card. Uh, <laughs> Put it in a Ziploc bag, uh, put some water in it, Mm -hmm. freeze it, put it in your freezer. Or if you don't want to go through all that trouble, just take that card and no, go through the Mm trouble. Like, freeze it literally where it's hard for you when you want to use it, that you have to like
0: defrost it it and do all of this. Right? You have
1: to go through all that steps. Mm -hmm. And those things are just ways for you to uh, create a barrier Mm -hmm. from that accessibility. You know, like they're trying to make you, they're, they're making things so easy for mm-hmm. you as a consumer so that you can be even further indebted. Right. So you need to be intentional in creating barriers so that you don't make it so easy for mm-hmm. yourself um, to, to use that money. So that's important. Uh, that's 15%, the length of history. The other two, 10%, uh, the type of credit that you're using Uh, is important. So the type of credit, as I said, a credit card has a huge hit and uh, significance Mm -hmm. to uh, your history. So it's important to uh, keep that clean. Um, And uh, the other 10% is uh, new credit. So Mm -hmm. when you get a new credit, when you get a hit um, on your credit, when you apply for new credit, within six to 12 months, it has an impact on your credit score that you, you probably hear when people say, you know what, if you want to make a huge purchase, like, you know, apply for a mortgage or renew your mortgage, mm-hmm. try not to apply for new credit within the six months to a year mm-hmm. prior because it impacts, you know, uh, it impacts your, uh, your credit score mm-hmm. negatively mm-hmm. when you get a new hit. Uh, so, those are ways in which you can
0: improve this knowing those factors
1: mm-hmm. helps you improve Um, so you want to make sure that you're paying your bills, Mm -hmm. uh, by the due date, the latest Mm -hmm. a little bit in advance, you want to start tricking the credit cards a little bit. So two things that are important, your statement date is Mm -hmm. important to know on your credit cards as well as your due date. So your statement date is essentially when your statement will be released. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you make sure you pay your, your, your bill by the due date, but try not to use that money. Until after your statement date. Mm-hmm. Key. Because the information that is sent to credit bureau is based on your statement date. Indeed. So if you keep that money in your account, the money that you paid mm-hmm. uh, from your due date to your statement date, that's already a good report. And then you work on paying further on.
0: Further on from so there. So
1: that's important. So those, those are uh, tips that I would have to create. Uh, and you have to create healthy credit usage habits, mm-hmm. you know. Keep your... Utilization uh, ratio low. Uh, don't open too many new accounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, check your credit report annually for any mistakes or discrepancies. Mm-hmm. If you see any errors on it, let's say that you actually don't know anything about this amount that's showing, mm-hmm. contact the credit bureau, file a report. They have essentially they're, they're gonna try to tell you hey listen call the creditor first mm-hmm. don't do it <laughs> okay <laughs> there's a reason why you don't do it uh oftentimes when your account is sent to a collection agency mm-hmm. collection agency they will buy uh a portion of the information about your account like mm-hmm. they'll know like let's say the name and they'll know uh, who you owe the money to and the amount that you owe right. So they are start calling your phone part of the reason why they're calling is one to get the money, but also to authenticate that it's actually you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm not saying don't answer the call, <laughs> but I'm just saying, check your credit report bureau. Mm-hmm. And if there's something in your report that you want to contest, mm-hmm. that you should contest it, file a, file a, uh, a discrepancy form mm-hmm. request with the credit bureau they will investigate part of the investigation is they send a request to the creditor mm-hmm. so if it's a collection agency they send a request to them and they say hey so-and-so is saying that this is not them or they don't owe you that mm-hmm. and the creditor has an obligation within the next 30 days to essentially authenticate that it's you, and they can't quite do that. Mm-hmm. If they don't really have mm-hmm. a way to authenticate that it's you. So if they can't authenticate that it's you, they can't prove that this is the amount that you owe, mm-hmm. or let's say that you have paid a lot more, let's say with your credit card, and it's not reflecting on your credit mm-hmm. score, contest that. You know, because the credit bureau will send it, and they have an obligation to update what's the new balance. Mm. When you get an updated balance that is lower, obviously that improves your credit score. Mm-hmm. When the collection agency can authenticate that it's actually you, mm-hmm. there's an obligation for credit bureau to remove that debt mm-hmm. from your credit okay. support, which nobody tells you about. Of it. course, but <laughs> it's important for you to. That's why you have to be on top of your credit mm-hmm. uh, report. So anything that you disagree with discrepancies, whether it's in the amount or it's a credit collection that you know cannot authenticate you, mm-hmm. get that removed because it will increase
0: your, score. your credit score. Okay, wonderful tips. Somebody else asks, how do you find or apply for bursaries for stuff other than school? Are there bursaries for businesses?
1: There are, um, they're not really called Bursaries—they're called grants. Mm-hmm. Um, there are grants for businesses, depending on the type of business that you that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also grants for non for profit if it's a non for profit. So it's just keeping in touch with. You know, there's a lot of government grants as well. Mm-hmm. And depending on the initiative that you're, you're doing, you know, small businesses, there's grants for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, you know, now what I'm noticing, there's a lot of grants uh, around initiatives uh, for women entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, when I say it's like <laughs> there's, there hasn't been a more interesting from an advantageous perspective to mm-hmm. be a woman than today. Wow. I mean it. Um there's a huge initiative to push women initiatives, mm-hmm. women entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Uh a lot more women, especially millennials, you know, are venturing as entrepreneurs, which is really exciting. Right. So benefit, so look out for those opportunities. There's government grants, there's 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 really a lot of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, as, uh, for grants and as a woman uh, in business. If you're a man as well, there are, but for sure, there's a lot more these for days women. I find for women. Mm-hmm.
0: Wonderful. How about doing your own taxes? Is that something that you recommend?
1: Uh, I think it depends where you are in life and how complex your um, business and revenues are. hmm Um, I am a huge advocate for surrounding yourself with professionals who know what they're doing Mm -hmm. because that's when you're actually benefiting the most. Mm. You know, they're able to find ways for you to uh, save more or get more out of your returns than you would on your own. Mm -hmm. So it's good to surround yourself with professionals Uh, The right professionals Mm -hmm. Uh, but I'm also a huge advocate of not being an observer of your finance meaning that even though you have professionals in place you need to be educated enough to know and be able to tell those professionals give them instructions on what is it that you want Mm -hmm. and you can't do that if you're illiterate so that goes to your taxes as well Mm -hmm. right so if you are an entrepreneur you gotta know you know what are some of my tax benefits Mm -hmm. you know like what should i do for the type of business that i have Mm -hmm. should i be a sole proprietor should i have a partnership or mm-hmm. should I be incorporated what are, the, what are the advantages of one or the other you know maybe I should have a corporation mm-hmm. and okay well should I be uh, a provincial corporation should mm-hmm. it be a federal corporation what are the taxes benefits to that so all of those informations you should be aware of that in addition to surrounding yourself with the professionals uh, to do your taxes mm-hmm. right so I think that's really important and uh, we touched on that a little bit. Financially. <laughs> 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 Wonderful.
0: And our last question is How do investments work? What do I invest in? And do you recommend stocks and shares?
1: How do investments work? Investments work depending on the type of investor that you are. So it's not a cookie cutter answer for mm-hmm. everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to sort of self-examine. You know, are you the type of person, if you were to invest $100 and you lose $100, Mm -hmm. like, are you going to like like, you know are you gonna lose sleep or you like you need to know what type of investor you are like yeah. what is your comfort level mm-hmm. you know are you a conservative investor are you a more aggressive investor mm-hmm. are you willing to take certain risk are you willing to lose it all for potentially making greater profit are you willing to lose some but not all and make you know uh great but not the best profit Mm -hmm. you know maybe that's your comfort zone or maybe you're really not really willing to lose any of your principal investment Mm -hmm. and you want to be very conservative so know what your comfort level is and it's okay you know uh because you should not be having a heart attack you shouldn't be losing sleep Uh, the whole purpose of this is for you to sleep like a baby and make money while you sleep Mm -hmm. it's not for you to lose sleep over your investments and create all type of health issues so be comfortable with the type of investor that you are um uh, i believe in diversifying your investments um i know that we do and i'm a firm believer in that so uh, I invest in cryptocurrency. Uh, I do have professionals investing in cryptocurrency for me because, frankly, I don't quite understand all of the intricacies mm-hmm. of cryptocurrency. So I don't leave it to myself. Mm-hmm. Right. But uh, as far as investing in security, stock uh, in stocks, I do that myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe in investing in securities that yields that give back dividends, that pay me a dividend. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, Not just securities that, you know, make a certain interest per year. You need to pay me money on top of my money. Mm -hmm. I'm all about making (laughs) my money work harder for me, right? So I invest in those securities. Mm -hmm. Um, And I believe as well, when you invest, um, you need to invest in things that you believe in. Uh, in things that you use, right? So let's say that you're you you use a lot, uh, you know, spot I, I don't know, like Shopify mm-hmm. or YouTube, or you need to invest in those things that you believe in. If you are a new investor, mm-hmm. um, I, I really think that you should consider looking into ETFs, uh, and that's essentially you allowing yourself to invest. In a group of stocks without necessarily having to pick one specifics you're investing in the 500 fortune mm-hmm. and you know that it's going to make some money uh, and it's a bit conservative but it's a good uh calculated risk mm-hmm. um and furthermore for me personally i don't believe i don't like nor do i invest in mutual funds people often just go straight to mutual funds. Mm -hmm. I think mutual fund has way too many fees. There's commission. There is, you know, you got to pay the, 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 the fine, uh, the the fund manager who's managing your account. There's Mm -hmm. all these hidden fees that you don't even know about. So you're putting all this money in when it's time for you to take out your money, you realize that, wait a minute, there's, I'm all, I've been taxed Mm -hmm. pretty much. (laughs) I had another partner that I didn't know about Mm -hmm. in my investments, right? So I am not a big fan of mutual funds. So, um, ETFs, I invest with brokerage firm as opposed to the bank Mm -hmm. uh, because there's less um, fees associated with that as well. Um, And, um, you know, we can always share with you what exactly invest in. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Just contact me. And there's also... um, I also believe... I'm a big believer in investing in real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, so we invest in real estate as both residential and commercial. Mm-hmm. You know, so we act as lenders uh, for commercial opportunities. Mm-hmm. We invest uh, as uh, you know uh, in. Residential property, so accumulating wealth in that fashion, mm-hmm. um, and also investing in securities that uh-huh. hold real estate. Mm-hmm. I, I really believe in that uh, because that's essentially you allowing yourself to be a landlord without having to deal
0: <laughs> with the issues mm-hmm.
1: that comes with
0: being, being a, a landlord, landlord.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and fixing, you know, properties mm-hmm. and issues and toilets and and all sorts all of that things. Stuff. And, and, that can actually arise from that so
0: um, you
1: know I do mentor some people and Mm -hmm. I do have a group of people that I kind of share you know what is it that I invest in my story and Mm -hmm. how it works for me Mm -hmm. and then
0: they decide whether it's something that would interest them interesting wow well this has been an amazing discussion i definitely learned so much so many takeaways for me to go back and 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 work on and implement so i just want to ask if you have any closing remarks any final words any snap a snapshot of of your mind or any tips just for anybody listening that has listened and realized that they don't have a healthy relationship with money. Anything that you can say to encourage, motivate, get them started. Certainly. I, what I would
1: say, if you're in that position, know that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of Canadians, a lot of Americans, a lot of people are living, um, uh, you know, paycheck to paycheck. Right. People are just not talking about it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, what I'm hoping to do with financially savvy girl, uh, is to break that silence. You mm-hmm. know, there's no need to suffer on your own, sit there. And when you are dealing with that, it takes your breath away. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyone who's experienced that can tell you that it's, it creates anxiety.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It creates health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as they say money is not everything, but money does help a lot mm-hmm. in alleviating a lot of problems. Right. The number one cause of divorce uh, is financial problems, mm-hmm. and it's not infidelity; it's financial problems. Right, so that should just wake you up. And stats here in Canada show that. For every dollar, Canadians are spending a dollar and 76 cents. So they're spending more than what they're making, making. for every dollar that they're making. Mm-hmm. So people are living, uh, you know, uh, above their means. They're living in debt and living paycheck to paycheck. And it's t- it's really time that we stop uh, being silent about it. It's time mm-hmm. that we start talking about it, sharing stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I share my story freely because I've want to show people that you can go from um, financial illiteracy to wealth creation. Yeah. And that's it's
0: possible. <laughs> Wow, amazing. Thank you so, so much. So, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first, all the wonderful tips to implement in your life and to snatch your finances. For more information, if you want to contact, or if you want a one-on-one, you do one-on-ones, right? If you want a one-on-one, a consultation, if you just need more help, if you feel Personally victimized and attacked, you can follow Financially Savvy Girl on Instagram and then you can contact them there. I'll put all the information in the description box below so you have it easily. And yeah, you can go from there, increase your financial literacy, start your journey to financial freedom and wealth creation. Until next time, Sassy and Save, baby. If you have been blessed by the Sassy and Save podcast, consider partnering with us. Partnerships help us expand the vision, expand the movement, and bring Sassy and Saved to you. We have a couple things that we want to roll out this year, but we do need help to do it. If you would like to become a partner, find the details below in the description box. Thank you and God bless you.